Animaniacs, Weaves from Animated Universe, Retros from Retro Octopus, and all of our associated family and friends to another episode of Cast. Tonight, we have Nicole Givens-Kurtz back with us because she has a new book coming out. Um, I believe it comes out next week. Is that correct? Yes. All right. And this one is called The Deathmold File, A Kingdom of Avis Mystery. Um, and this is the description from Amazon. Uh, following her success in Gould, Hawk Prentice Tassifa returns to her university to unravel a mystery. Someone has broken into the Museum of the Goddess and stolen its most sacred artifact, attacked two of the guards, and is trying to frame her mentor. Under pressure from the Order, Prentice is urged to find the culprits, but not all is as it seems. And that sounds extremely intriguing because now I want to know what's not as it seems <laughs> and who is the order. Um, so we're going to get into all that. Uh, but before we do, Nicole, we've had you here before, um, but give the audience a little um, a little bit of your background for anybody who hasn't listened to one of the previous shows you've been on. Great. So um, I am an editor and uh, the owner of Mocha Memoirs Press, but I'm also an author. I write primarily speculative mysteries and horror um in weird westerns so i kind of do uh, book riot just called me a polymath of genres um so i do a bunch of different things um but mostly yeah i write fantastic mysteries science fiction mysteries and horror um in addition to running mocha so yeah awesome so yeah you are all over the place <laughs> a little bit of everything which i yeah. love it's awesome <laughs> this is the second book in the series um can you give us a synopsis of, of the overall series? Like, what's the backdrop? What's going on here? All right, so the Kingdom of Avis is 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 very much like, um, I think, like Avatar, the last airbender, where it's another kingdom somewhere else. So it doesn't take place on Earth. It's not on a different planet. It's just in another realm um, where um, <clears throat> they all worship the goddess. And the goddess is a phoenix who united all of these bird clans together under the banner of the kingdom of Avis. And then she installed the order, which is the governing body, think like the Vatican, the governing body for Avis. And so you have the owl, which sits at the head, like, like the Pope. And then you have cardinals that are cardinals. Then you have doves that go out and are like bishops. They go out to each uh, egg in the kingdom and the eggs are cities. Each cities or villages are called eggs and they are governed or ruled by doves. And then you have hawks, which is what my protagonist is, who is a, uh, they're the investigative arm of the order. And then you have condors at the end of that uh, five uh, tier who are the muscle or army or as you will, uh, force, policing force for the order. Um, each, um, so in, in Avis, they have uh, what are called nests, which are provinces or states. And within each nest are eggs, which are cities or villages. And each egg has a governing dove and the police force or for that egg are, is done by eagles. So it's a very much set up like a caste system. Every bird clan has their role um, and so <clears throat> those that don't worship the goddess, everyone is encouraged to worship the goddess, but if they don't, they can't live within the egg. They live in what is called the outer shell, um, where, which is kind of like on the ex, uh, outside the, the city proper because they don't worship the goddess. So they're kind of like, you have to stay outside of our area and fend for yourself. Um, and that's where you'll find like crows and roosters um, and other 
other birds. So <laughs> I know, that right? So phenomenally detailed. <laughs> with my mouth open, like, how does she come up with this? There's like a map and everything. It's it's fantastic. So what 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 the primary guiding force for book one, which is Kill Three Birds, and for this one, which is A Theft Most Foul, is that Prentice is kind of like the BAU for the FBI. When the eagles for a particular egg cannot get to the bottom of a case or can or they suspect that it involves magic uh prohibited magic or some other thing that they can't see or understand they'll put in a request for the order to dispatch a hawk to them and so in in kill three birds prentice is dispatched to, to ghoul to investigate a missing person where she ends up finding that it's much more detail than that it's actually she's on the hunt for somebody who's killing multiple birds um and so that's what that one is about. A theft most foul is my attempt, my hand at doing like a heist, <laughs> like a theft. Uh, if you think about like Dan Brown's uh, Angels and Demons, it's this mm -hmm. religious artifact that has been stolen and it's a big deal. And so for, for Princess, um, it's, it's who's a relatively young hawk. I mean, she's only, this is only her fifth year, but hawks are the investigative arm of the order because they have this unique ability to what I call see the unseen. And so they get, they have, when they engage their hawk abilities, they can see like residual spiritual evidence. They can see um, like things that the human eyes miss. The problem with her powers or, and the power for all hawks is that if they use it too much uh, over time, they will have, they have trouble shifting back to their humanized sight. So over time they'll go blind. And so it is a trait that is passed down through the moms. And so all hawks in, in, in Gavis are usually women. I mean, there are male hawks too, but <clears throat> they don't have that ability. So all the hawks that sit the role that goes get sent to the order, they're the ones that are, you know, they're always female. And so <clears throat> she has to be judicious with how she uses her ability. So um, a theft most foul um, is her attempt to kind of find out. There's some pressure. There's this very sacred artifact that's gone missing in her in Avis, the rooks are uh, all the all the university professors are rooks, mm -hmm. and so the one she went there when she was you know a student, and this was her favorite professor, and now he's under suspicion because he's the museum curator for having mm -hmm. stolen this artifact. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, of course. Like, but I don't want to spoil too much because it is a mystery. But yeah, <laughs> that's a fascinating backdrop. Like, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, what would have inspired that? Like, where, where did this come from? Like, are you a, a bird watcher? Like, what, was that something you were into before? Like, where did the inspiration for this come from? So I, um, last year was a very difficult year for me, um, and for all of us, really. And so I, I told my husband, like, most of the stuff I write is either horror in, in origins or it's very gritty, like cyberpunk grit. Like, Sybil, my Civil Lewis series is very greedy blade runner altered carbon dark mm -hmm. you know high tech low you know low human life value like that's so i told my husband i was like i want to write something fun and light 
Um, he was like, okay. And so I was like, I think I want to write a fantasy. And he was like, I hadn't written a fantasy in a while. I've been playing in cyberpunk and weird westerns. So I was like, oh, I think I want to do something like fantasy related. But I didn't want to do, so I went through the list. Like, I don't want to do elves, no dwarves. And I was like, okay, I don't mm-hmm. want to do like orcs. I don't want to do, so then I kept going. Like, I don't want to do werewolves because that's overdone. I'll be just in a vampire anthology. Don't want to do that. So I kept going down the list, right? So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to use birds because I had gotten to the point where I just could not. <laughs> something that you know that hadn't already been done to death right and i do like birds i watch birds i, I mean i'm not a fanatical about it i can't like m- tell you that that bird tweeting sound is uh this or that but uh-huh. i don't like them i like to <laughs> i like to watch them and so i was like birds and so i started like thinking i like hawks and i was like oh i could use a hawk and so um then my kind of exploded with like the world building piece mm-hmm. um and that gave me flexibility because there are so many different kinds of birds, right? And so, like, if one of my friends is David uh, Coe, who is, right, says D.B. Jackson, he's a major bird watcher. And he and I were talking about, like, the birds, this particular bird species is this way in the United States, but in Africa, they have these other different behaviors. And I was just based on where they're located, their behavior shift to, uh, you know, they've adapted to where they are and out and evolves based on where they are in the world, in their environment. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> so the fun part of this for me is taking bird behaviors um, and applying them to human beings and making human beings behave in that manner and so it's, it's for example in a theft most foul one of the guards of the museums his name is um is sebastian and he is a night jar and so night jars don't sleep in trees they don't sleep in nests they sleep on the floor they sleep on the ground mm-hmm. and so when prentice goes into his house to interview him his bed is on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> like night jars sleep on the yeah. ground yeah. he's also asleep because it's in the middle of the day and night jars are nocturnal mm-hmm. and so she's like get up you know and he's just like super drowsy like unable to really wake up because he's not he's a night jar he doesn't do daytime and so and that impacts her investigation too as she's trying to figure out who stole this crown looking at their behaviors and stuff too it's really it's really awesome um and people are like, of course she said that it's her book. But I have a fun, <laughs> fun time. Like I love this series and I have a great time with um, building it. And I was inspired, of course, by birds and just wanting something truly different and fun that I can that so the first book, Kill Three Birds, I wrote was for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know if I was gonna release it. I was just like, I'm just, I'm just but I had so much fun with bird puns and <laughs> For example, in Kill Three Birds, um, there's a pecking order, right? Uh-huh. And 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 Prentice is warned, you don't want to go down to um, Dave, it's Dale's, it's Dale's chicken coop, which is a bar, because, you know, they have, you know, roosters, they got that pecking order thing. It's always violent. She's like, I'm going because I have questions to ask, right? So she gets the vulture driver to take her. And on the way, because she's, it's like, they don't have cars, they, have, they use carriages. And so... Uh-huh. She has wings, she can fly, but not everyone does. <clears throat> so she takes the care. She doesn't know where she's going because she hasn't been to goal before. So she's asked, she's a driver and he's a vulture. And so vultures um, eat raw meat in, in real life. You know, you see them eating roadkill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she she asks him, she goes, you, like when she gets out of the care, she's like, you, you smell. He's like, yeah, I had a sandwich. <laughs> right. And she was like, 
you had some Karen, right? And he was like, yeah, she goes, oh, like, so she's really disgusted by this odor of dead flesh, right? Because that's what he had. Like, right. he's like, I was driving. I think you can know, right? So there's all <laughs> kinds of fun things like that. Or like my roosters, because of the pecking order and the fights they get into, they have scars, right? Mm -hmm. They decorate them with tattoos and rhinestones. Hmm. Right, they're badges of honor, right? Even wow. my hands do that. So, yeah, it's just like fun little stuff like that that yeah. um, makes. I love, I love this series. I'm not even gonna lie. It, I, I adore it. I have so much fun writing it. Um, it's just a really fun series. It sounds fun, and it sounds like the perfect, um, I, I guess, parallel for humans. Like I'm sitting here thinking, why didn't anybody think of this before? <laughs> like, yeah, you have all these different kinds of birds, and and the way they behave in different environments is different and they do have their pecking orders and some birds um, um, are predators of other birds. So it, yep. it sounds perfect. <laughs> it could be a perfect match <laughs> for expressing some type of idea um, about people or to, to make them humanoid because um, there's a lot of similar similarities. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about that before. So thank you for that. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you talked about writing the first book uh, for yourself. So is the second book for um, everyone else? Is it something that um, you just wanted to share with the world? Is it possible to read that second book without going back and reading the first book first? Yes. So, um, yeah. So very much like my Sybil Lewis series, each uh, installment of uh, The Kingdom of Avis is a standalone case. <laughs> okay. um, at the end of each... Um, at the end of each novella though they do give you she gets a note or she gets an assignment for her next case so you do oh, get a cool. glimpse of what the next case will be or where she's going because there's a map <laughs> inside because I had someone draw I had the amazing Sarah Macklin like create a map of Avis and so it tells you where she's going next and what the assignment will be so people who read Kill Three Birds knew that the next book was going to she's going to go to um, Sullen Day and that she was going to investigate a theft because okay. that came up on her in notes right she gets as she's getting in the carriage to leave ghoul that, that was her her letter from uh cardinal wick and so every but you don't have to know that to start a theft most foul you just start right. a theft most foul because she doesn't go you don't need to know what happened in ghoul she just right because it's done it's done um so yeah no 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 but that's all i mean they're definitely a standalone stories the second book is it's also for me because I am, a, like I told y'all, I do, I am a fan of Dan Brown. I was like, man, I want to do, I always do like murder. And I was like, I want to do a high story. Let me just do a theft. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so that was again for me. Uh -huh. What would that look like if I did a theft? I've never written a theft story before. Right. And, and sitting there, and especially this one with like a religious artifact, like a five feathered crown. I had to come up with that. Like, <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, it's rumored that if you touch it, you'll die. Like, so how come that, how did it get out? Like, it's just all these wonderful things. Mm -hmm. um, I told you it's like my, my angels and demons attempt um, where you have <laughs> these investigators running all over this university trying to figure out where who stole it, where is it at? Because it's missing. It's a huge uh -huh. deal. Like the whole kingdom is like, where is the crown of our goddess? It's it's like this super huge religious artifact, and there's a lot of pressure on Prentice. There's a lot of pressure on the dove of the university. There's a lot of pressure on like she has a, a condor assigned to her this time. It was Galen? They have been seen each other since they were at university. So there's she's like out of all the condors that could have flown in, why did they send Galen? Right? So she's just like 
super annoyed. Um, and so there's a backdrop there. You get to learn a little bit more about the character. You get to see the expansion of the world or the kingdom of Avis. And then there's, of course, all these other things going on. So, wow. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's like, seriously, I like, <laughs> um, I was uh, on a different podcast and, and it was with Steve. And Steve kept saying, oh my God, <laughs> you're such a nerd. I'm like, because I was in the brig. He's like, you're such a nerd. I don't care. I love this story. <laughs> Um, so there's all these great puns, like they pay with bird song, right? right. Um, and it's just this great stuff. Like, you know, yeah. she, she talks about how like she goes back in the kitchen and kill three birds and she's on her way to talk to Dale's sister who's in the office and the, she, the, the cooks in the, at Dale's coop are like warming up feed and there's no meat because they're chickens. So they're all like eating feed and you know, it's, it's hilarious. These bowls of feed and how, you know, anybody can come in there. There's like, this, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's all these, you know, there's a crow in the corner, right? Looking at their shiny, like this is all these wonderful things. Yeah. Um, that it's someone actually wrote me after reading Kill Three Birds and was like, this is hilarious. I'm like, you do know it's a serial killer book, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they like, it's just the puns. The puns were so great. They were just, like, it's just such great, such great thing. And I was just like, so that continues, but we now have shifted to different birds, uh -huh. um, which are like um, night jars are in this one. Um, we have another vulture who's kind of, um, I also had who someone write me and said that they kill three birds was the first time they had ever seen a non-binary character in a fantastic work. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so there is a nine, but there, there are, um, it is as diverse <laughs> as yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and so I have like a vultures are back in this one, but they're not in their servient role. Um, the vulture in this one is actually a lecturer. And it surprises Prentice that what, you know, because vultures are usually the ones who dig graves, handle dead bodies, like they run the funeral service, like in right. Kill Three Birds, the vultures are the ones who run the, the funeral parlor. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so stuff like that. So it sounds like if somebody loves this book, um, it, they love the fun, they love the puns, they love the unconventional nature of the characters. Does that sound about right? Is that who you intended this for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody who just like, I think Book Riot said that if you're going to start with one book of mine, start with this one. And they like all these wonderful things. And then at the, at the end, they said, and it has a really solid mystery. So there is that. <laughs> Like, whew, okay. It's not just pretty dressings. It actually has some meat underneath that crust. Right. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after these messages. In a world where you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, a nation of nerds unites to bring you something truly epic. Amalgamation is proud to present the Epic Airways Podcast Network, featuring great shows such as AmalgaCast, Epic Tales Podcast, The Not-So-Super Dudes, Anime a la carte, Epic Tales of the Sewer, Amalgophiles, and The Fantastic Podcast. And we are back in Amalgam Cast with Nicole Gibbons Curse talking about her book, A Theft, Most Foul, A Kingdom of Avis Mystery. Now, you've been talking about um, the characters, and they sound absolutely amazing. Um, what I was wondering as you were talking about them is, 
how hard was it or was it hard at all to create these birds that are humanoid or have human characteristics? Like um, you mentioned, for example, um, the driver um, was a vulture. Thinking about um, a vulture driving or the mechanics of a bird who can operate a carriage. Like how much thought did you have to put into that? So they're all people. Um, they're all human beings, but they have oh, like okay. bird elements. Like for example, the vultures have, vultures tend to have like the, they have like a red birthmark on their face. They all mm -hmm. have it because vultures tend to have that. Or with night jars, they all have the same brown faded covering, coloring. And she talks about how they're all kind of like, like she talks about his skin tone, like she talks about his fashion, skin tone and hair and how it all mimic, like she'll talk about it in the sense that they <clears throat> are like the bird without saying he looks like a night jar. She'll say he looks like a night jar, a typical night jar with those faded, dusty brown like, coloring, right? Oh, okay. And, and, and that, 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 that. And so like Prentice has wings and so does, so does, so does Galen. Mm -hmm. um, so that they, because they need them. It's like part of their, their job to be able to fly to be able to mm -hmm. especially in the sense of Galen too so the the lore the lore is that when the goddess um united the kingdom of Avis those five um bird clans were the only ones who were readily available to assist her and support her which is why they were elevated and they got to keep the majority of their special powers and the rest of those other birds were prohibited in kind of like had their ability to fly and their wings snipped. Mm -hmm. And so, um, which is why, like, that's why there's some birds that have wings and you see them and there's those that don't. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of like in, um, so in a Fethbos Fowl, there are two and a half night jars. Um, and then the <laughs> other, only because half? one of them is, only one of one of them is half, but I can't tell you who because. Okay. Part of the tree, but, um, <laughs> But you know, the doves or the doves, they still have like their ability is, it's just really funny because doves ability is, their magic ability is to calm crowds. Like their mm -hmm. voice is their magic. They can be, they can persuade people. They can calm people. They can incite people. Like their voice, if you think about a bishop or a preacher in the church, their voice right. is a major part of you know, their production, right? Or mm -hmm. their presentations. My mom would kill me if she heard that I heard a, a preacher was producing. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but you think of too, like a dove itself, like it's cooing, it's also a symbol of peace, it's also a symbol of unity. And so that's why they are in charge of like communities mm -hmm. because they settle disputes, they keep the community on track. They, you know, that's what they're supposed to be this impartial governing governing figurehead right mm -hmm. and so churches and chapels are the center of every egg right so there's still a big religious component to because they're not they're they're and i can't think of the word but they're governed by religion okay um that's the kingdom of avis and that religion is you know worship to the goddess and there are tenants and there are pillars and that da, 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 da. um so yeah, so okay. the hard part was, the hard part for me is always taking those physical characteristics of birds and putting them in 
on a person. Okay. And so sometimes noses are referred to as, well, he's got quite a beak. Well, you hear people say that anyway about right. other yeah. people. So it, it, it's some of that, which is also the fun part too. It's like, oh, <laughs> like in Kilthy Birds, one of the, the um, one of the benches says, well, I don't know. She started hanging out with those dirty birds, those crows. <laughs> right yeah those, those crows are filthy they don't why would she go there and like basically she's slumming it and mm-hmm. so uh, there's like a lot of those types of things and, and sometimes bird is interchanged for a person um like when prentice and like for example when they greet each other it's like they don't say hello they say hoot hoot <laughs> that's cute uh, you know prentice tespa and that's what so you'll see people on my facebook page if they read kill three birds they'll be like hoot nicole and <laughs> back <laughs> so, awesome. someone actually sent me a bird with a shiny it's really awesome um they sent me a raven plushie with a a round uh, black shiny a uh, gemstone egg wow. <laughs> yeah that sounds so cool yeah. it's making me think of those like um oh when i was like when i well a kid when i was a teenager i used to have like posters of merlin and i would have posters of these like fantasy kingdom castles and just worlds that existed solely in the imagination. So I'm trying to picture what this world looks like. Um, so there is a map. So you, the map helps a lot because you get mm-hmm. to see like how, the layout of the kingdom. And another thing about um, <clears throat> shortly after I uh, released Kill Three Birds, there was an incident in Central Park with a Black man bird watching. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I had done already when I was doing the world building for Kill Three Birds is I had looked up African-American bird watchers and uh-huh. bird scientists, which I can't ever think of the name of that. What do you call bird scientists? I, I it's, it slips me too. I was trying to think of it earlier. Um, but so I took the ones that I, that were readily available that I knew about that was published on like the internet and I named all of the providences after them. Oh, wow. Um, and so all of the providences, all the states basically are named after black birders. And then all of the eggs are named a- after um, white um, bird watchers or scientists. Right? That is so cool. And the city, the major, like the capital or the Vatican of the of, of Kingdom of Avis mm-hmm. is named after Dr. Lanham, who is uh, the only black male professor of bird stuff. And mm-hmm. he works at Clemson. Wow. So it, it the world building was intentional um, from that perspective because I wanted them to have some recognition. Right. That this is, and they don't always get that. And so that just, when that happened, like shortly after release of Kill Three Birds, I was like, man, <laughs> black birders just don't get enough, right? They don't get enough right. respect. They don't think people do. Like, it's absurd, but that's kind of like the inspiration for a lot of it was if I'm going to celebrate my love of birds, um, I want to bring some attention to others that came before me or others mm-hmm. that are my contemporaries who are actually teaching about birds, going out and bird watching. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty cool feature. I like that. Especially for someone like me who would read and see these names and look them up just to see if they were real people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's like indirect educating as well. That's awesome. I love that. Um, the buildings, I would think, do they look like regular buildings like we would recognize, or are there little features that 
um, are reminiscent. Of... So it depends on where you are. That's okay. the, also so in Goal, it's a remote uh, mountain village. So a lot of it looks a lot like what you would see in like Frozen, right? Little okay. cabins, whatever. But depends, right? Because um, what type of bird they are too. <laughs> But there's like, there's no electricity. So there are candles, there are lanterns, there are wagons, there are carriages, like there's mm -hmm. no, like, like water has to be brought in. Right. You know, it's very, it's not, it's pre-industrial revolution, I guess. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm trying to say. Um, and so when she goes to, in Athefmos Fell, they're in Selenday, which is a lot, what I, it's kind of a mixture of Alexandria in Egypt. Okay. And um, you're in, in like, any Mediterranean like city mm -hmm. so they have um their so the housing is very different and so it's like square houses and you know it's a lot of the stuff is influenced by Muslim and and Muslim, like their temples are like mosaic tile and and just Middle Eastern mm -hmm. um influences and Egyptian influences so um, what I do for my patrons um, is I do like a virtual tour and so last time I did a virtual tour of Ghoul and I and I like this is where this is this is this is this is this so I will do the same thing for uh, a theft most foul mm -hmm. I did talk about on my blog about inspiration for a theft most foul and included some images that kind of influence like where things are in the in the novella right. and so yeah so depending on where apprentice uh, is the building and the geography changes because like um the University of Southern Day, that whole A is right on the sea. Mm -hmm. And so it's, they get like, it's very much like a coastal city. And so it's also a university city. So it's a very yeah. different feel than Ghoul, which is a remote, they'd never even seen a hawk before. And now she's at a place where this is where hawks go, if they're gonna go work for the order, this is where they go get educated, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of that uh, is very different. Um, so just depending on where they are, but all of it, it happens pre-industrial revolution. So there's not like a cell phone. Though so they do have um, bird callers mm -hmm. to, <laughs> that they use to communicate to, with each other. So, yeah. What about the other animals? Like, are there other animals, like, are there actual birds too? No. Okay. There are horses though. Oh, do they ride the horses? Yeah, because yeah, they people. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, wrapping no. my mind all the details. <laughs> no, you're fine. So yeah, these are great questions, but yeah, no. Um, so they are humans, um, but they're trapped in these um, bird caste system because, and they do have bird characteristics. And so that's also like. It's making me think of um, The Witcher also. I don't know how familiar you are with that franchise. I before. am. The video game, yeah. It's, um, if you play The Witcher Three, well, that that map, that world map, mm -hmm. was absolutely massive. When you're talking about the different locations and the different characteristics, it's making me think of that. Um, which, by extension, it was like this would be an awesome video game. Like, if you <laughs> this book and, and made it into an open world playable game, that would be pretty cool. So one of the things I did for my patrons that were an exclusive is I gave them 
a bunch of stickers, but the stickers looked like um, character cards for like a role playing oh, game. It was like, nice. you are a hawk. These are your powers. You know, here's a character that, you know, it's a hawk. You are a crow. Here are your powers, right? So it's that was those kind of, so that was pretty neat. You yeah. are a vulture, right? So they got these different, they got these stack of stickers, but they're all very like role playing game character cards. Uh-huh. It was really awesome. That is pretty awesome. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, oh. I told you I had so much fun with this. <laughs> I, so I can fun. tell. And that's <laughs> cool. But if you had that much fun, then the audience must be having fun too. Like it, I imagine it translates um, through the pages. How, what an amazing experience this was for you. Oh, yeah. Blast. Bird calls. <laughs> Would you be willing to, uh, to read us a little bit? Sure. I have a little bit of a Bethmos foul. Um, how much time do I have? Um, you can have as much time as you like. Okay. Let's see. We'll get started with uh, um, this is like the opening ca- the opening chapter for a theft most foul. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so the University of Southern Day was the oldest college in Avis. Originally, its location resided in uh, Autobahn Nest, close to Lanham, home of the order. But political infighting forced the intellectuals to put some distance between themselves and those at court. Experience taught them that the closer one got to power, the harder it was to survive. In response, the order opened an intelligence file on university members. Despite the history of hurt feelings and tensions on both sides, many of those within the order's rank traveled and studied at the university's new location in Sullenday Egg, in Edmund's Nest. It sat on the banks of the Plume River at the apex of Audubon uh, and Edmonds Nest. The campus was its own island in the egg. Everything revolved around the university. Rook Bajoran Renner's entire life orbited around Southern Day University, most importantly, the Museum of the Goddess. As curator, Rook Renner's true passion to which his entire life was devoted was collecting goddess artifacts. As a renowned expert in all things goddess, he received a, con- a consistent stream of requests to verify and validate recently discovered treasures. Over time, his teachings gained more urgency around authenticity. <clears throat> Prentice found it strange that a devoted bird like Rook Renner would steal the five-feathered crown. Why now? Why only that artifact? Why not something less obvious? He wouldn't be able to get birdsong for the relic. No one would take the risk of being caught with it. No one would dare touch the crown for fear of death. The theft just didn't add up. So Hawk Prentice Tassifa sat on the train speeding from Ghoul to Sullen Day. She picked up Cardinal Wick's letter and read it again. Hawk Tassifa, your service have been requested in the Sullen Day egg. Arrive within two days and greet Dove Roz Howe. The situation is we know at this time. One, missing sacred goddess feathered crown. Two, proposed magical use. Three, possible suspect, Rook Bajorn Renner. The truth is light. Bring it forth as hawks can see what is unseen. Peace, Cardinal Wick. She rolled the parchment up again. Someone did break into the museum and they stole the five feathered crown. In the ensuing manhunt, Massive manhunt, the eagles who served as security for all eggs searched but had come up empty. Requests for assistance from the public produced nothing, according to the reports. 
No doubt Rook Ritter was frantic with worry and he stood accused of stealing it himself. <clears throat> Prentice sipped her tea as, she, as ideas formulated in her mind. Drinking Earl Grey became a simple pleasure among the stickiness of investigative work. The ancient cogwheel train raced across the rails and it gently rocked as it chugged its way through the Edmund's nest. <clears throat> Two days later, now, sorry, <laughs> excuse me. She left the Baileys rolling hills in the Adams Mountains with their snow-capped tips. They grew smaller in the distance along with the Baileys egg red roof buildings. Now, two days later, she meandered along the Adams River. She missed goal, and if the circumstances changed, changed she'd return again, but not for work. <clears throat> In no time, Sullivan Egg appeared. Prentice had the sleeping car to herself and an ornately decorated car whose features included carved wood paneling, pressed metal ceiling, frosted glass lamp oils, and a night seat which folded down for a bed. Over the last couple of days, the car had, the car had started to feel like home. <clears throat> but her thoughts returned to Rook Renner. No doubt the Rook sowed the seeds of his own demise with his erratic behavior. And let's see, let's see. Okay, sorry, I lost my place. It, it what seemed like no time she reached campus. Being early supper time, the egg bustled with life. Students clutched heavy satchels and walked or bicycled through the streets. People clustered together in casual conversations at outdoor cafes illuminated by candles. Pedestrians hiked alongside cyclists with the ease in a practice rhythm. In the hushed carriage interior, Prentice embraced the nostalgia rushing over her. She hadn't been here in years, not since graduation. Outside the carriage window, the plume of her glistened as it snaked its way through the egg. A clear sky put the constellations on display and she warmed at the memory of nights spent in Rook Ion's astronomy class, charting and memorizing the heavens, gazing through telescopes and listening to how they, how they came to be. A hawk was never lost as long as they had the sky. We're here. The coachman wrenched open the door and disappeared around to the carriage rear. He clambered up the short ladder and threw down her luggage bags. They smacked the ground. By the goddess, be careful, Princess bellowed as she exited. Huh, vultures. The coachman <laughs> came back around with said baggage stuffed under both arms. He glared at her as she placed the bags beside her. His tight grayish skin bore thin scars. The bright scarlet birthmark across his sharp nose drew attention away from his dark beady eyes. Thank you. Princess took five bird songs from her leather pouch. She dropped the copper coins with the five and blaze on the tail and the goddess's likeness on the front into the coachman's gloved hand. Evening, the man bowed, his face softened by the tip before leaping up to the driver's seat. His agility surprised her. His girth didn't hinder his movements at all. She turned her attention to the pristine cathedral that consumed the center interest of the university's campus. The air was heavy with the fragrance of frankincense and sage. A cobblestone maze of dark quarters started through the grounds and connected the buildings. Dark hallways stretched out in a monolithic maze of nooks and crannies, making it impossible to take in the enormity of the university at a glance. Ahead, a figure approached through the growing dark. Brightly cut her lanterns and illuminated the square and entranceway. She could make out the red turban atop ahead. A sudden strong wind bellowed his dark robes. Prentice didn't need her hawk abilities to recognize Rook Renner. Her jaw tightened as he advanced. Once the wizened old man reached her, he wasted no time embracing her. Who, Prentice? Renner pulled her close. 
His voice was stronger than she expected. She returned his hug, but pulled back. Hoot, Rook, how are you here? Shouldn't you be in a cell? Rook Renner's jovial face held amusement. He didn't seem distraught. It would seem my rapidly eroding reputation has kept that action at bay. <clears throat> his raw bone features decorated with broad red lines beneath each eye in a vertical one from his forehead down to his chin disappeared beneath a bushy white beard. Come, I'm glad you're here. He clasped her hand in his bony one. The soft fleshy palm, his, the soft flesh palm spoke to the rook never doing physical labor in his life. Me too. She meant it. He motioned ahead. I've had a small instructor apartment set up for you. Prentice took back her hand. An apartment? Rook, you know I'm here to investigate you and the theft. She trailed off. A quiver filtered through her feathers. <clears throat> Rook Renner raised his hand. The silver rings he wore caught the pale moonlight as he held his hand up to silence her. I'm aware. It's a studio. Nothing luxurious. The order cannot say I attempted to bribe you. My status may not be what it once was at court, but I'm greatly injured at this intrusion. The sooner we get this resolved, the sooner I can get back to my work. Rook. Prentice cheeks warmed at his words. The man never changed. But she didn't travel here to rekindle their student-instructor relationship. She'd been assigned to this case and she had a job to do. See the unseen. She adjusted her satchel across her torso and then hoisted her luggage. <sighs> Lead the way. Rook Ritter smiled and said, follow me. That was awesome. <laughs> I was smiling the entire time you were reading. <laughs> and now, of course, I want to know what happens. That that was a great um, exposition. That was the first few pages, right? Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost my place there a few times. But yeah, I love this story. Um, and it's going to be a challenge for her to keep the nostalgia. Like I said, this is where, not that she, she also has this great relationship with Rook Renner, but awesome. which is complicated, but she also has like Galen is also there. And, 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 and her and Galen's relationship is complex um, to say the least. And so, yeah, it's just, it was fun. Like it was totally fun. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, hopefully sound, you got Even from those first few pages, like these sound like developed characters, like, they have depth. Yeah. And you hopefully you can see how like the bird characteristics are a part of like Oh yeah, definitely. Who they are. Definitely. Yeah. Like I understood what you were talking about as you were reading. I was like, oh okay. Yeah, I could picture it a lot more clearly. <laughs> yeah, just the just the world, the college world and the university and all it was just described magnificently. All right. So people have heard you read from this book. Now they want to read it. Where can they get it next week? They can get it at Amazon.com. They'll be able to get it um, probably a few days after that on like Apple and BNN.com and those places everywhere online bookstores are. Um, but they can pre-order it now at Amazon. Okay, cool. Now, is there um, a note at the end of this one for the next book? Are there going to be more? Yes. <laughs> there's So there's a three-story arc for this one. And then what will probably happen after this is I will pivot. It won't be Prentice's leading. It'll be a different character, but it's still being Avis for the next mm -hmm. three books. Um, they'll still be Kingdom of Avis Mysteries, but it'll be a different um, hawk or a different investigator, probably a different hawk. 
Um, Because I think it's important that, um, because I spend a lot of time in this world and I enjoy this world a lot, but there are definitely places that Prentice, because she's a hawk, can't go and see. Um, And so they might become like cozy mysteries where it's not a hawk doing the investigation, it's some rogue eagle, right? Or something like that. And so um, I definitely have plans for stories after this. They just may not all be Prentice. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. <laughs> so the cool. next the next book actually um, has a rough uh, structure in that um, it she goes back she gets called back to um, she goes home well she doesn't go home she's from a rural uh, she's from a a community that's really far, far south but she gets to go back to Lanham and gets to go to her apartment and she gets called back to the court basically she gets called back to court mm-hmm. um, and they want her to take a couple of weeks off after she did this but what will probably then they have an, they cardinal wick wants to has a, a special investigation just for apprentice and so um think of this one a theft most foul being like a test for her and okay. then now you get into the point where so she gets to go people are going to get to see what the order in lanham actually is you've heard it for two novellas they talk about court they talk about the order but the third novella will be her at court Um, and and it's not a there are mysteries per se but this is the one where it's like conspiracy espionage it's kind of like my thriller suspense one um about you know this organization Mm -hmm. um some of those questions are raised some of the things are raised in a theft most foul like she has like questions about certain things that the order has asking her to do those chickens come home to roost not to you know (laughs) but (laughs) in 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 the next book so yeah Okay, cool. I can't wait. So they read this book, they love it, they want to read some more stuff that you've written. Um, where can they find more stuff? Do they just search your name on Amazon? Um, you do have a website, correct? Yep, it's NicoleGibbonsKurtz.net. Um, you can find, of course, I have an Amazon author page that has like everything I've written ever. Um, <laughs> that's still in print. Um, but yeah, or, or you could join my newsletter. If you visit my website, you can join my newsletter and stay up to date on exclusives and um, releases and events and all the wonderful things that authors do. You can look at my cat and my Pomeranian picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Nicole, thank you so much for coming back to join us. This was awesome. Um, I'm excited about your new book. I love the excitement in your voice when you talk about it. And um, I can't wait for it to get out there and for, you know, people to start enjoying it um, the way that you did and the way I enjoyed hearing about it, hearing about it um, on this cast. So thank you again um, for being here. As always, you are amazing. And um, thank you to the audience. Thank you for having me too. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course, anytime, anytime. Um, Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Amalgam Cast. Go out, get this book. You heard part of it. I know you want to read it. So go get it. um, And then let us know what you thought about it. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your evening or day, whatever time it may be. And we'll see you in the next episode of Amalgam Cast. All right, we're...